In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books, the podcast with one unique theme, four handpicked book recommendations, and two broads. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 40. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And Who the am, am is the capitalized because we yes. want, you know, to this, really question. This Who is a journey we? of self-discovery. It is. Conveyed <sighs> by capital letters. Yes. Yes. Well, if it's not clear, yeah. we're talking about discovery, self-discovery. Journeys. Yes. Trying to find our damn selves. And along the way, what do we learn about ourselves yeah. on this road to supposed self-discovery? So many things. So many I've things. learned so many things about myself. Just I in the f- a minute that we've started recording this. <laughs> just in the last minute? <laughs> okay. Last minute. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like over the time we've done. No, just nope. in the last the minute. last minute. You've had some serious like- self-discovery. <laughs> yeah. I dug real deep. Okay. Found wow. out who I am. That's impressive. Yeah. I don't know what's happening over I there. Don't either, but, but okay. you know, you seem happy. I can tell you that you're you are full of glee, just happy. Yep, that's me. Okay, well, hey, so that's our theme. Yeah. Guess what? What? I got questions for you. Aaron. Oh, what? <laughs> Aaron. Uh huh. What did you want to be when you were little? And if you didn't become that person, why did you choose not to go in that direction? I wanted to be a marine biologist. <laughs> So spoiler alert, 
I live in Iowa and I'm not a marine biologist. And part of the reason I didn't go that direction was one, um, I didn't show a lot of affinity for science. I huh. wasn't really yeah, yeah, yeah. nailing so that. The biologist subject. part mm-hmm. was difficult. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I jumped right to like the feeding of the animals. Like oh, yeah. when you go to an aquarium yeah. and you're that guy that's like, look at me. I'm yes. one with these guys and then I'm giving them. Wow. Like the penguins love me. Look how happy they are. Like I went right to a real like selfish, self-fulfilling so like version. like SeaWorld showbiz type mm-hmm. role. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Not yeah. SeaWorld because I was woke sure. enough to know that yeah, that yeah. wasn't legit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like a, a research type yeah. center, you know, okay. where I was. Okay. I, that's what I imagined. Yeah. And then the other thing I realized is that a lot of marine biology research takes place in Florida. And <laughs> that is a swamp that I can't survive in. It's a terrible in. place. Yeah. So... <laughs> Terrible, terrible, just so place. humid, and I, oh, I'm yeah. just, I can't I mean, do that's it. That's one of the reasons it's terrible. Yeah, just one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Florida, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I think. <laughs> yeah, you have to know. Yeah, you know. Wow. Okay, so marine biologist, mm-hmm. man, life would have been different. I know. I was dedicated to. I had like all the books. My room was a fish theme. Oh, like wow. I was in it. I so it did it not bother it. you that we grew up in a landlocked state. Not didn't even occur to me hmm. that this might present a education problem. problems. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at what point would you say you gave up on this dream? Just like now? senior year of high oh. school when I was like, oh, oh, I have oh, to pick a college. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then I was like, yeah, science isn't going well. Nope. Mm-mm. So that might not be my best option mm. moving forward. I seem to excel in this English, English, <laughs> in this English area. What is wrong with me? English. Wow. I seem to excel in English. <laughs> I'm killing my English grades. Science and arithmetic, no. Yeah. <laughs> Keyboarding, also great. Oh, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm pouring one out in my brain for your young, <laughs> young Aaron who had to see her dreams dashed That's by fair. reality. That's fair. Yeah. Well, is there something in your life that you've given up on after realizing that maybe it's just not you? <laughs> I've got a surprise for you, Aaron. Oh, oh. Um, I was in a sorority for two years. What? This is something I very rarely talk about because it was such a ginormous shit show. There is dead silence because I have never been more surprised. Like, I was mad at you about the jury duty thing because you withheld that great story forever. But you were in a sorority for two years? Yes. Why is this not a a reality TV show that I could binge? It's it's a great question. It should have been. Because it was like, you know, those games where you try and stick a diamond in a circle or something. It was not working well. Yeah. I think the main reason is I really had at the end of high school, I was like, I want to be something completely different. I want to be somebody completely different. Because high school sucked. Okay. Like, grades-wise, it was great. I enjoyed all that. But socially... I just wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, that was what came up in my head. Sure. So I rushed. And, oh, boy. This could all be its own episode where I just tell you all about I this. I am fascinated. Yeah, in yeah. fact, I don't care if we get to anything else today. <laughs> I need to know everything about this. <laughs> I'm so glad I chose our podcast to come out with this information. Yeah. I'm coming out to you, Aaron. The, and there's I no was prep. an ex-sorority there, this person. This is not a lie. Nope. I had no idea this no. happened. I never told in your life. Because I'm embarrassed of it. I Fair enough. 
<laughs> I mean, I want to sugarcoat that for you, but no, it's embarrassing because like I said, I wanted to be someone else. I wanted to be, I don't know, not popular anymore because we were starting to be in the real world and everything. I just wanted to be someone that was confident and like mm. all of that kind of stuff. Sure. I also, I'd never really had very close women friends and I wanted to, you know, have for some reason I thought sisterhood was real. That was not real. Mm. Also, it was just basically a situation of being around a lot of rich ladies oh. um, because they charge you up the ass yeah. for a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't working for me. Yeah. And I uh, I was breaking a lot of rules and they were getting down on me and uh, I quit. What rule did you <laughs> primarily break? Um, like attendance rules. They make you attend oh, things. Okay. You know? Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just thinking like you got nothing else going on in your life. So right. come on over. Yeah. I am picturing someone trying to tell you what to wear. And oh, I, yeah, there was having, a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of that. That's the part where I figured you would have quit like day two. Mm-hmm. No, I was that desperate to like do something different. Did you have to wear different. specific colors sometimes? Uh, yes. I want to see if I. <laughs> have a picture we all had to take sorority pictures where we had like a little shawl thing that's mimicked a v-neck and it was like a, a black velvet shawl uh-huh. where we left our shoulders exposed and it was all of us taking these pictures uh-huh. and i didn't buy one of those so they made me use a uh you know used one wow yeah. uh-huh. and then you know all of their events you had to wear certain color dresses and all yeah. that shit. yeah I just, there's so much about this that it could be such a great TV show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want Ryan Murphy to make it. Oh, God. Ryan Murphy would be wonderful at this. I, I mean. It'd be amazing. This is such rich, fertile ground <laughs> for me to tramp all over. This is also when I discovered um, the suburbs of Chicago, because almost everyone from these sororities at University of Iowa came from the suburbs of oh, Chicago. Oh, I gotcha. Wealthy families. Yeah. And they can, it was like cheaper to go to Iowa than it was to Illinois. And they introduced me to Old Navy. And in 1995, <laughs> I was that like, was that's a... cutting edge. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. That was something I tried. And then I gave up after realizing, God damn it, this just isn't me. I mean, that's it, okay. This took me way too long to realize this is not me. But she did, and that's why I counts. tried it. And you have embraced your life so hard, I can't even picture you in a sorority. I mean, after I left that, I pretty much did a full three sixty seven twenty whatever. Like I was like, yeah, <laughs> twirls around so much. Twenty. <laughs> did you? Were you a skateboarder at yep, some point yep, too? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, did a half pipe out of there. <laughs> Honestly, I think it was like attending a couple classes around the time that we're talking about like uh, gender studies and women and everything. And I really started, I think, becoming a feminist while I was there because I was recognizing there were so many retrograde roles going on. Everyone got so excited when a boy pinned them and so excited when they got engaged at age 19. Mm -hmm. It was gross. I got you. It was real gross. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. I did not see that coming. No. At I'm all. glad I surprised you. You really did. But that guess what? Shocker. What? I, we have more questions we got to get to. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. We I got a whole time. show. I mean, I don't know. My mind can get back on track, but I'll do my best. <laughs> I will do my best. All right, Aaron. Mm-hmm. What's a time that you have felt the most outside your comfort zone as an adult? <laughs> uh, 
Did so, you join a sorority too? No, oh, okay. no. I mean, it's kind of like a sorority, but no. Um, I got invited to an in-home party that was for a, yeah. Oh, was, I know this story. It was for a lip product called LipSense. Oh, and I generally don't go to in-home parties because mm-hmm. I don't really like the idea of it. It's I find it kind of annoying and offensive that because I have pressure-y. an acquaintance of you, yes. you think I need to spend money, all that. Okay. So I, I don't love it to begin with, but there was someone that I felt like, had made a lot of effort with me. I wanted to return the favor, uh, you know, all that. So I, I went, um, and I didn't know anyone else besides the person hosting. And fundamentally, I realized quickly that I don't even agree with the product that's being sold. And not only that, but there was no one there that didn't seem like a robot for the product. Uh-huh. It got really weird. Um, if you're unfamiliar with this product, you <laughs> apply like a base layer and then you apply multiple layers of color and then a gloss and it's supposed to never come off. It's supposed to last for like days. And the best part of this story, describe how it feels when you put these things on. And Aaron. they tell you that it's going to feel this way, but it feels like your skin is being burned off by acid. And they mm-hmm. tell you that that's because your lips aren't healthy. <laughs> that's what they tell you. They asked me if I had used any product that day, and I said, my Burt's Bees chapstick, mm-hmm. and they said, you need to wipe that off. Right, because that's destroying your Because that's what it was. Yep. I will also tell you that I threw up that night <laughs> when I got home, and I I think it's because I was ingesting the stuff. I was trying to get it off my yeah. lips. I could not get it off that night without with even makeup remover. I woke up the next day with like flakes of lip on my oh, pillow, God. flakes of color, and it on my face. It was... I can remember driving home and thinking, I that I do not belong there. No. Like, what was I thinking? No. I don't have that kind of A mentality to begin with. And B, I, I just, I couldn't get there. All And everyone was standing around talking about the, you know, like their latest diet. And they oh, were, I, there was like no, you know. There's just no one there that no. you can connect to on no. a real level. And if, yeah. we were, if there was anyone talking, they were trying to sell you something. It was like makeup based. And I was like, I just don't know if I can get on board with this. No. And then you feel obligated. You have to buy something. Yeah. Is that how you got out of it eventually? Yeah. Buying something? I yep. did. I mm-hmm. went right to the table and I said, <laughs> give me the starter pack. And I gave him my card and I said, see ya. And I got out of there. And I remember driving home having a real weird, like uncomfortable feeling, which was supported largely when i walked in the door and mike was like what is happening because my the color is so vibrant and i don't normally wear a lipstick it was and it was still on the next morning so oh god like pick you know taking your kid to school with no makeup on and your lips just look like and i swear they were like swollen from trying oh to get the stuff off it was what's great is aaron and i met in a writing group mm-hmm. and not long after meeting is when you wrote an essay about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the funniest essays I've ever read because it was so terrifyingly real. Yeah. It was a real, mm-hmm. it was a real moment in my mm-hmm. life. Yeah. I just picture you in the shower, washing your lips and, and it just crying. That's what it was. And it just <laughs> went throwing up and yes, crying. Yes, I was just yeah. throwing. I was, it was so many, my body oh, was God. rejecting it on every level. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. So I've accepted that. You're just not one of those women. No, I'm no. just not. And that's okay. That's definitely okay. And you know what? Okay. And you know what else I've accepted? Burt's Bees is not bad for your it lips. It is not. It's wonderful. Lip sense, 100% alcohol slash acid. Yep. Terrible for your lips. Yep. Just going to burn your lips right off. Yeah. They feel plump because they're swollen from <laughs> damage. <laughs> oh, it was traumatic. Oh, I'm it was sorry traumatic. you had to go through that. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it did make me wish that I was better at hiding, you know, my face sometimes. Oh, God. So We're is, terrible at that. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. that so? Is there a personality trait that you wish you had, but you know you never will? You know what? Whenever I'm in a social gathering, social mm-hmm. setting, I wish that if someone says, let's play a game, it doesn't <laughs> strike fear and dread into my heart and cause me to sweat profusely. I wish that I could hear that and be like, cool, let's play a game. Instead, my reaction is, I got to get the F out of here right now. Immediately. Yeah. You, this game thing is a... I don't know what it is. It's just... God. I feel like at some point you're going to have some aha moment and some crazy memory is going to tumble out of games. And then we're all going to be like, oh. Straight up trauma that I've buried somewhere. Was it Israel Age the Sorority? Did they play games a lot? Oh my God, maybe they did. Did we play games? Honestly, I've blocked a lot of the sorority That's out. Fair. That's so, fair. That's, you know, don't dig. I don't yeah. want to. Nope. You don't need to don't, go down that road. Don't make me do it. No, 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 no. As a friend, I say no. <laughs> Keep that door shut. Some things need to stay. They do. Up. Yep. And but you know what? After this episode, I will show you a few pictures because you need to see this. And I've waited long enough to I, share this I with you. I can't believe I didn't ever know this information. I, know. I don't tell this information to a lot of people. If someone had given me a true false quiz about you, yeah. I would be so confident in our ride or die. I would mm-hmm. have for sure said false. That's because I've, I've worked very hard to just go and complete then opposite. And laughed in my face and said, yep. your ride or die is a falsity. <laughs> she was. She's hiding this part. So I've shared that with you All right. and now with our listeners. Yes. So the secret's out. Secret's out. There it is. Right there. (laughs) Amy used to wear Greek letters. (laughs) I did indeed. On that note, there, well, no, that's not a great transition. I'm just going to pivot, pivot hard. Pivot, pivot. Pivot. I need pivot, pivot. (laughs) I'm going to pivot hard to some fiction about who am I? Yes. I have picked a book called The Need by Helen Phillips from 2019. Have you read this? No, I literally just bought it. Oh, God. Okay, Erin, I think you're going to like this. So Molly is a mom to two young kids. She's also a paleobotanist because she's super smart. And she's working at a like archaeological dig at an mm-hmm. old rock quarry. So one night, Molly is home alone with her two young kids. And she hears footsteps in the living room. Now, she is super sleep deprived because her, her kids are very young and she is just she's been breastfeeding. She's been pumping. She's been playing with a toddler, trying to keep two tiny humans alive. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of out of it. So she actually chalks it up to now. I'm just I'm, I'm out. Right. Of it. But then she hears more footsteps and she confronts the intruder who knows way too much about Molly and her family. Meanwhile, like I said, she's been working at this dig in an mm-hmm. old quarry where she's been finding really weird stuff. She finds like a, a Coke bottle with the wrong font. You know, we can all picture that font oh, for yeah. Coke, right? It's a different font. She finds a toy soldier, one of those like green toy soldiers with a monkey tail. She finds a Bible that has different verses than we know and refers to God as she. So all of this stuff, especially the Bible thing, has brought all the crazies to the dig. Like there's yeah. lots of really strange, you know, religious people, all kinds of stuff. This intruder is also fixated on this place as well as Molly and her kids and her husband. Mm. I honestly can't reveal much more because there's some major stuff in there um, that it's just too good to ruin. But I can say that Molly and the intruder, they come to sort of an arrangement and one that makes her question everything about herself and her life. So there's a little bit of sci-fi here. There's a ton about the strangeness of being a mom. 
And, you know, me never having children, I imagine that those of you who do have kids like you, Aaron, you will find a lot to really dig into here and be like, Mm. God damn, that is that's it right there. (laughs) It felt very, very real from what the stories I've heard from you guys. Um, There's a lot, too, in here that says, like, who would I be if my life was different? Who would I be if I'd made different choices or if different things had happened to me? Mm hmm. The, the structure of this is so propulsive. You just tear through this thing. Um, it's kind of a puzzle, too. You're putting together different timelines. You're putting together, um, you know, different puzzle pieces mm-hmm. of various kinds. Um, and all throughout, because she's in that state where she's, you know, her body is the main thing keeping these two young kids alive, it feels sort of dreamlike, too, because she's just kind of tired and out of it and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I chose it for this because everything about this book is centering on like, who am I? Who am I as a woman? Who am I as a mom? Um, if I've made these choices, who am I? If I've made different choices, who am I? Um, overall, I think the best word I can use for this book is it is haunting. Haunting AF. Mm. It is weird. It is eerie. It's it's pretty unsettling, but it's also extremely gripping too. Have you looked at the author photo for this book? No. She has shaved her head. She is bald and beautiful and looks badass. The three B's right there. Bald, beautiful, Beautiful badass. badass. Yeah. Love it. So, yeah, I kind of love everything about it. Okay. I just got this. Excellent. I think you'll, yeah, I hope. uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Once you dig in. Sounds amazing. I expect some IMs. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I usually get them. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, the book I picked for the Who Am I for the fiction category is um, called Property by Lionel Shriver. And this is actually, I'm bending the fiction category. It's fiction, but it's actually a collection of short stories between two novellas. Mm. So if you're unfamiliar with a novella, it's basically a longer short story, a little longer in form. so I know I'm pushing the fiction boundary a little Again, bit. these are the rules we've set for yes, ourselves. But so, it's worth it. Yes. And I just really liked it for this pick uh, because she really, the whole idea of property, which is the name, is that she really explores it in like every possible meaning in this book. So not only physical property that you own, um, but also how our need for property and control and power does that mean we own the property or the property owns us? Mm. Um, she explores the idea of, of people being property. Uh-huh. It, it's wonderful. So like there's a story about a couple that buys a fixer-upper and is in the process of rebuilding their property. Um, and it basically destroys their relationship Oof. from the inside out. Yeah. There's a story about a man that's now caring for his elderly father. And he's kind of losing himself by day by day till he just can't take it anymore. Um, there's a story of two subletters who are duking it out over this space, which <laughs> they don't actually own because they're subletters. So over this property, um, it to me, the theme just embodies the slippery slope we take when we have a need for possession and we allow Ooh. possession of property or stuff to become our identity mm-hmm. instead of maybe what we think or feel or, you know, our characteristics. We wow. allow those things to stand in. Mm-hmm. And I think that theme is really explored in a lot of different ways in this book. And I like that in a, in an episode where we're talking about who am I? Yes. Who am I without this stuff? That's so interesting, especially in our, you know capitalist culture where it is all about the things that we own or the things that you know yeah, we buy yeah. absolutely wow mm-hmm. yeah never heard of that i've yeah. read other things by her yeah she's great yeah yeah it was great excellent yeah bending the rules you know i'm not always a rule follower 
Actually, you are. Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Especially mm-hmm. the rules we set for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Strict rule followers of ourselves. We are. Yeah. But then we want to rebel against then it, too. We do. It's like a cat in a box. I want to freak out, and then I'll just settle down and take a nap. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. She's yeah. gone. Yeah, I was just checking for her podcast. She was napping earlier with her back to us. Again. Again. Back, yeah. So, yeah, just checking. She's gone. Yeah, she's gone. She'll pop in at some point. Yeah. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. for other genre picks, I chose one that you and I have both recently read. It's called Wild Game. Mm. My Mother, Her Lover, and Me mm-hmm. by Adrian Broder. This is a memoir that just came out. Hot Hot off the the presses. presses. Yes. This is a doozy. Would you agree with that, Erin? Man, it is a doozy might be the best way to describe this. Yeah, yeah. Doozy. So here's the thing. One night when Adrian is 14, her mom wakes her up and says that their family friend Ben has just kissed her. This is the first of many red flags for Adrian's mom. One of them, or multiple things here, you know, Adrian is married to another man. Adrian's ben is mom married. is married, yeah. Yes, excuse mm-hmm. me. Adrian's mom is married to another man. This guy, Ben, is married to another woman. And she's waking up her 14-year-old daughter to tell her. So to this point, Adrian has grown up with her mom, who's very vibrant, very wild, very dramatic, the kind of mom that you you just feel like, you know, when she when her attention is on you, it's like, oh, my God, everything's wonderful. But when the attention goes away, it can feel disastrous. So now her mom needs her. And so she becomes her mom's confidant and a helper in an affair that lasts for many years. And like I said, by the way, the affair is with her husband's best friend, who's also married. And the four of them, the two couples are very close, extremely complicated very, situation, very complicated one of the things here is that Adrian, because she's 14, and then as she gets older, she believes everything her mother says. She believes when her mom says, you know, love can't be controlled, or that, you know, the marriages are just formalities. Really, it's just me and Ben forever. Mm-hmm. Or that one day, you know, Ben and her will get married and everything will be wonderful. All they need is Adrian's unlimited help to keep the secret and find ways for them to be together. That part is the super doozy for me is... yeah. Help us sneak around behind the other's backs. So this is all super twisted. And it gets worse because, you know, Adrian gets older. She gets to college age and she's realizing there's something wrong here, but can't quite detangle herself, detach herself from this crazy web that her mom has uh, made. And when she does try to get away, her mother kind of pulls her back. She Mm -hmm. has this sort of leash on her. Then to top it all off. Adrian falls for Ben's son, linking the families in marriage. So this is all a crazy-ass story. But the reason I picked it for today's theme is because Adrian, the writer, has had to do a lot of hard, long work of looking at who she is mm-hmm. after this situation, especially apart from her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, she had to live her, She had to figure out how to live with the harm that their secrets had done mm-hmm. to a number of people throughout the families. She had to battle some deep depression over you know her situation and the role that she was put in. She's had to come to terms with 
um, from my perspective, a, a very highly selfish mother who didn't really know how to mother. Mm-hmm. And especially as Adrian becomes a mother herself, then has to do some more work of like, well, how do I mother in, in relationship to this? Mm-hmm. So some very, very hard fought independence and sense of self that uh, that kind of wraps up this story. And that's what this whole entire book feels like, is that sort of digging in to figure out who the hell am I? Mm-hmm. A doozy, Aaron. It is a doozy. Yeah. What else did you think about it? Anything uh, I didn't mention? No, I thought you did a great job of really explaining, yeah, the complicated part of finding yourself in the middle of a complicated story, mm-hmm. which is true to a lot of people's lives. I mean, everybody has kind of something to deal with. But also the way sometimes we ignore how that's embedded in us. Mm -hmm. Like we don't even realize maybe that by the choices we're making or the things that we take offense to or um, how we set up our life that sometimes we're reliving some of those hurts or not really acknowledging them. So they're coming up in a different way, but it was, um, I read it very quickly. It was very fascinating. Beautifully written. Very well written. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the fact that it was fact and not fiction was even more compelling, but also that she allowed herself to dig this deep and then share it with the world, which is really brave, in my opinion. Very brave. Yes. It's a, it's a really, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great pick. Thanks, Aaron. (laughs) So uh, for my nonfiction pick, I picked a book called The Fact of a Body by Alexandria Marzano Lesnevich. Um, I will tell you up front that this is one of the most intense reading experiences that I've had in a long time. Oh my gosh. Like, I'm not even sure that I'm ready to talk about it yet, (laughs) but it fits. Let's go for it. And we're going with it. Um, So this book opens, the author is about to um, start a summer job at a law firm in Louisiana, uh, working to help defend a man accused of murder. She's the daughter of two lawyers, and she's been decidedly anti-death penalty to this point. Um, She has been very staunch in her beliefs. She went to law school. She thinks she's got everything figured out. So she gets assigned to this case of Ricky Langley. um, And as soon as she starts working through the files and reviewing old tapes, she has this very specific feeling of wanting him to die. And this throws her off because she's been so, you know, she's supposed to be helping him avoid the death penalty. She's having this strong urge that he should face the death penalty. And it's so different, that feeling that she's like shocked and scared by it. So she starts to dig deeper and figure out where these feelings are coming from. And she realizes that ultimately the case is very familiar to her in an unsettling way. And basically it becomes a parallel to a story of a period from her own life. And remember that this is nonfiction. This is a memoir. So um, she takes the reader then on a very evidence and research based ride through the Langley case. So she's explaining law, giving fact, relating it to other cases, but then she also takes the reader through her own narrative and explores all the similarities. And the effect is really unlike anything else. It's, it's like a memoir and a murder and some law lessons, but it's, dark and really gut-wrenching and her facing these facts that were very similar to her own life or this own story. Um, And ultimately, the point that I took from it is that she's throwing out this notion that one person's narrative or version of the truth is not actually the whole truth or the whole story. And how unsettling that can be in cases where we believe there's just such a right or wrong. Mm -hmm. That yes, there can be right or wrong, but that isn't still isn't the whole story. 
Wow. And so it, it is, it's very gripping. It's very emotional. She's a beautiful writer. So even the parts where she's explaining law or um, taking you through the case, you just, you, you feel like you're on this kind of, you know, slow moving ride with her where she's explaining it in the most beautiful way. You're like, oh, I'm learning in this, you know, amazing fashion. And then she's taking you on this other right through her family. And you just feel so emotionally connected to everything that that's why I think it was wow. so intense. Yeah. She's still a lawyer. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that she is now that she's wow. a writer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I will say, if you have triggers, this book is not for you. It does deal mm-hmm. with sexual abuse um, and some um, family issues, you know, murder, yeah. that type of thing. So if those are triggers, I, I would strong. I mean, there really is no way to sugarcoat it here. Mm-hmm. It is a very intense read, so that's probably not going to be a good thing that you're going to want to pick up. But if that's not something that – I mean, if it's something that you can get through, then I, it's worth it because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really beautiful. It's just – Beautiful in a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. How long ago did you read this? Gosh, probably like a year and a half ago. Wow. And you're still reeling from it. Yeah. I, when I thought about it and I was like, that's the perfect book. And it's come up before when we've prepped other themes uh-huh. and I thought, uh, and I'm like, no. And this time I was like, no, this is because really the story is about her finding herself uh-huh. and like, who am I? Like, yeah. I thought I was all these things and now I think I'm all these things and all these things happen to me. So what does that make me? And where she gets to at the end, it just, it fits so perfectly here. Uh, but yeah, it is, it's an intense, very intense ride. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That sounds, uh, got to gird myself up for that one. Yeah. It's great, but it is different. And so it's, it's odd because it's kind of, there's a true crime element mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. So to that's, it, it was a very different reading experience from a lot of the other true crime sure. I've read. It was yeah. very, I mean, I've read a lot of beautifully written true crime, wonderful job, you know, but this was just, it's just different. Wow. So, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to look that one up. The title's genius when you, when she breaks it. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. She did it. Let me tell you. She got me good. <laughs> Again, it's another utility player where she starts out as a lawyer and then right? she's a freaking good writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. <sighs> Lyrical. I mean, yeah. Whew. It's a doozy. I don't like it when people are talented at more than one thing. No, it's. I mean, I do, but I resent it. I know. I know. I'm with you. I know. Yeah. And you get the impression, actually, she'd make a wonderful, like, professor or something because she has this great way of, like, making very complex things. Uh Not simple, but just explaining them in a way that you could understand their complexity, which is probably the hardest thing to do, I think. Damn it. So she's a lawyer, a writer, and also a born teacher. Yes. Masterful. It's annoying. I know. I'm not good at um, multiple things. And she's got great self introspection. Self reflection. Introspections are yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Can you mash Mm -hmm. them together into a new word? Self respection. (laughs) (laughs) I think now on from in every episode, you should just make up a word and we start our own start our own language. Broads and books dictionary. Yeah. I like the it. The lingo. Get to know the lingo. Get to know the lingo so you can be <laughs> as informed as the Brads and Books. Exactly. Yeah. Well, for pop culture, <laughs> thinking about who am I, mm-hmm. I picked a podcast. This is another original fiction prod- podcast. Mm-hmm. Hot off the wires mm-hmm. or wherever the podcasts come from, which sure. we know because we make a podcast. Cable so. optics. <laughs> Optic wires. <laughs> 
sound waves. Yes. Straight off the sound waves. The sound waves. Uh-huh. This stars Joel Kim Booster, who is a stand-up comedian. He's also in that show Sunnyside. Yes. As one of the terrible rich twins. He's amazing. Yeah. Amazing yeah. in that show. And I, I love him as a comedian. Mm-hmm. So funny. In this podcast, he plays a 28-year-old named Paul, and Paul is a waiter in a what sounds like a, a suburb-slash-small town outside of L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives at home with his Korean immigrant mother, and he doesn't speak much Korean, um, which is one of the barriers to them having a close relationship. She speaking, speaks English, but it's not her first language, mm-hmm. so she's not as confident in it. Um, another reason he's not very close to his mom is he won't come out. He's closeted. Mm. And he just, for some reason, he doesn't feel comfortable telling his mom. Um, he worries about the cultural layers there, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of stuck until he learns about this class that he can take about making podcasts. And he resumes his love of music and audio engineering and sort of blossoms as part of this class. But then he really has to take a look at his life and see if he's living it well, especially his relationship with his mom. Mm -hmm. So there's eight episodes. Each is about a half hour. Uh, It's a very quick, bingeable listen that you can get into. And we hear Paul try to figure himself out. Um, We also hear his mother try to connect to him in some very, you know, wrenching and beautiful ways um, until he has to make some some key choices. One of the things I like about this is it's kind of a quiet podcast. And by that, I mean, it's it's a relatively simple story. It's a a small personal story of a young man just trying to figure out life Mm -hmm. as a gay man, as a Korean man, as a suburban guy, you know, all these different levels of an identity trying to figure them out and figure out who he is. It's also sweet. It's really funny. It's touching. Um, it does, I will say, there is some explicit sexual material between Ooh. Paul and his boyfriend, uh, sort of boyfriend. If you're turned off by that, uh, maybe ask yourself why, and then listen <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I got no patience for you, just listen anyway, just you listen. know? And what did you say the name of the podcast was? It's called Moonface. Moonface, yes, okay. all one word. Nice. Yes. So yeah, it's wonderful, um, it's a really quick listen, it's great stuff. Wow. Sounds delightful. Yes. Joel Kim Booster. I, all day. All day. For the <laughs> and win. also look him up uh, on YouTube. Look up some of his stand-up oh, clips. Oh, I'm going to now, yeah. He's great. He talks a lot about um, <laughs> the fact that his name is Joel Kim Booster. Not a stage name. It's like a real name that his adoptive parents gave him. And he's, yeah, he likes, oh to, likes to mess with that. that? Oh, yeah. sounds mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh Okay, well, the I picked for the pop culture pick is a movie. Um, it came out in 2017. It's called The Big Sick, written by mm-hmm. Emily V. Gordon and oh, Kumail yeah. Nanjiani. Um, and it is actually the true... It's hailed as a romantic comedy, first of all. But it's actually written by these two because it's their story mm-hmm. of meeting and getting married. Um, and he stars in it. She, she doesn't, but... Um, the plot is basically that uh, Kumail is a Pakistani comic who meets an American grad student who's Emily um, at one of his stand-up shows. And their relationship develops from there. But underneath it, he has this intense worry that his traditional Muslim parents are not going to accept her. He can feel this great connection, but he knows that that's not what his family expects. Um, and so... Through that, he's allowing his family to still set him up on kind of arranged marriage dates. <laughs> there's all this kind of humorous things happening. And then there's a big twist where what they call the big sick happens. And Emily ends up in a coma. 
And Kumail has to come face to face with how he feels um, with this new relationship and with this new relationship he forms with her mom and dad (laughs) while she's in the hospital, which is the best part of the movie. You've seen, yeah, Yeah, yeah. best part of the movie. Um, Ray Romano and uh, uh, Holly Hunter. Yes, Holly Hunter. Yep. So it's based on, like I said, based on the two stories of these two writers. And that's what makes this movie, I think, unique and interesting. Also, I saw this on a plane, and I'm not afraid to admit <laughs> that I cried my eyes out like a weirdo by myself at like 4 a.m. by Seattle somewhere in the air. It's such a gamble to watch a potentially sad movie on a plane because you're up in high altitude. You're yeah. all weirded out with time, yes. and your body's just like, we're going to have a cry. I don't yeah. care who's around. And Mike and I were on that plane together, but we weren't seated together. Oh, and. I was just sobbing and the guy next to me was sleeping. And I was like, this is just, this is, a mess. this is life at its best oh right my here. Goodness. Yeah. So it's worth it. Even if you're on a plane, even if you're on a plane and you have to have a, have a and cry. it stands up. It's not just a good airplane movie. It's it a good movie. Stand up. Yes. Yeah. I've seen it down on the ground and, and it, stands it, it was up. wonderful. The altitude here still yes. takes it. <laughs> yes. And he was recently in the, is in that movie Stuber. Yes, Stu- yes, yes. Yeah. He was in the Men in Black too. Yes, yeah. yes. So he's blowing up. He is, which he deserves to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's There's a also pick. a really funny clip if you want to look right now for some reason as part of the promo for Stuber that he did this like Google Live thing where they could ask him any questions. Oh my gosh. And because he's a stand-up comedian, they yeah. were like hilarious. Of I course. Mean, somebody asked him how to say his name, and he's like, I don't know, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I just started laughing. I was like, that's the best. That's the best way of saying, like, listen, I'm not going to do this for you. Yeah. 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 It was great. Wonderful picks. Man, we both chose very deep identity searching pop culture picks along with the others, too. Right. So get into it. Yeah. Get into it. Find yourself. So I want to check in on you, Erin. It's been about 40 minutes since you've heard about my sorority time. How are you feeling? I'm in shock. Okay. (laughs) I'm just, I have been on autopilot for this whole episode. I've just been like, read my notes because my mind is back to what I've pictured, what I have pictured. And this is probably not accurate, but Uh I've sort of pictured one of the outfits from Mean Girls, which is you in like Mm. a pink furry sweater, Mm -hmm. a pleated skirt. Mm. For some reason, now you have blonde hair. Oh, no, I don't. You're pinned Uh with some Greek letters. Uh Mm -hmm. Yeah, none of that's real. But but, I also picture people saying things to you and then it's your actual Amy face just being enraged. Maybe that's why it didn't go well, too, at the sorority, is I can't control my face and I never could. Okay. So some of the – there were games, too. Maybe that's part of it. I'm just saying. Something to explore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there were all sorts of, like, arts and crafts times and bullshit like that. And, yeah. So this was a – this was a trauma touchstone, you might say. I just feel like so much of a sorority is sort of centered on group think. And that's like- it very much is. And that's, that's what I didn't see going into it, but then immediately saw once I was into it, but it's very hard to disengage yourself. Oh, sure. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Kind of like a cult. Yeah. To be honest. Did you ever live in the house? I did. I sure as hell did. First or second year? Second year. Oh, my gosh. But I was also dating someone pretty seriously at the time, so I wasn't spending a lot of time at the house, Mm. which was a problem for them. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. You were getting... So, (laughs) when 
they would perhaps take issue with your behavior, would you get a note? Would you get a direct talking to? How did this transpire? Well, remember, this is in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. and passive aggression is our, you know, go-to. Okay. So there was a lot of that. There was a lot of sniping behind people's backs, you know, Mm. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. The, The hallmarks of girl culture in yeah. many ways okay yeah yeah at one point i took on some sort of leadership role and it was a shit show so you were getting you were trying to invest i was really tr- like once yes. i was in i was like i'm gonna commit yes and really try and make this work as much as everything in my body is telling me what in the actual f no. are you doing here yeah no. yeah again i would like to revisit the idea of making this a series yeah I'm down. I think that what you need to do is spend some self-discovery time. Sure. Yeah. Jot down every great story you Whew. can think of. Yeah. I think that's a good idea because I've I've put it all away. Buried it deep. If I start opening that, oh God. And then what out. we could do is pose those situations and you could tell me what Amy did then and I could oh, tell you what I think Amy would do now. We should definitely do that. Wow. Like sorority Amy versus real Amy. Me, real life yeah. Amy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, again, there I feel like I should songs. have songs. There was a lot of singing. Wait, what? <laughs> what? There was a lot of forced singing. Singing? Singing. What were you singing? There was stupid songs that the sorority made. They made up yes! songs and you had to sing them? Yes. And you agreed to move in the next yes. year. <laughs> I was like, well, I've never had sisters. Maybe this is what sisterhood is like. I, I have never know. felt all topsy-turvy. <laughs> Everything is wrong. Again, this was a danger of being the only girl in my family. Like, you know, I don't know this shit. Songs they made. Did you have to make up songs? No, but we had to memorize the songs and then sing them pretty much on demand. Yeah. In what situation would a song be on demand? Well, all sorts of sorority events, especially when other fraternities were involved. Yeah. Huh. It was real weird. Huh. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. Um... (laughs) <laughs> anyone who's not interested in this is already checked out by yeah, this point yeah. this is purely I mean, selfish at this I point have so but it's many follow-up questions yeah, yeah, i don't even know how yeah. to form them they're like coming like they're hitting the front of my brain so fast again I this can't is one of those times i wish there this was a visual podcast because even when i first laid it on you at the start of the episode your face was like does not compute yeah like, it was like what huh is she like doing a joke out of my what's ears? happening is yeah. this a joke it's yeah. gotta be a joke this yeah. isn't real no Full-on real. In fact, my body rebelled so much that my foot just fell asleep for oh no my reason. God. Your body's like, I don't know what to do. Shut more. down. Shut down. <laughs> this is not right. Shut down. <laughs> Holy buckets. Well, oh, I'll boy. try to regain myself by next yeah, Wednesday, yeah. but yeah. I can't promise I won't ask more That's questions. Okay. Hey, you know, now that the, the cat's out of the bag, as you might say, which, why is the cat in the bag? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. But now that this probably piece sorority of, told you to do probably, it. Probably. Yep, yep, now that this yep. piece of information is, is out, we can parlay it into future conversations forever. I'm glad to hear that. I'll, yep. be, I'll be getting some questions together. So you can look forward to that next Wednesday because <laughs> that's when we'll be back. But in the meantime... We've got some other awesome stuff on our website, and you can check out all the re- recommendations we made in this episode. Mm-hmm. And guess what? We've got bonus material. Bonus. And man, oh man, we got some good bonus stuff coming your Solid. way. Solid. Solid gold. Solid gold nuggets coming yes. your way. And they will all be found if you subscribe to this show on your podcast player. They'll come right at you, or they'll be on our website. Like a quick little delivery. That's right. Yes. And after you 
get that bonus material, mm-hmm. you get the new episode, and you're yep. like, I want to share this joy with the world. Yeah, I do. Maybe not in a sorority song, but in right. another way. Yeah. We could make up our own sorority song, by the way. Yes. Yeah. A broads and books song. <laughs> yep. While we work on that, you work on a review. Yes. Write one. Tell us that you can't wait to hear more about the sorority shit show. Or tell us you don't ever want to hear about exactly. it again. We don't care. We don't care. Just reach out. Yeah. Yes. And guess what? If you reach out and you have even the inkling of an idea for a theme Just or something. period of yes. an idea. <laughs> <laughs> something cooking up of an idea. Then let us know about it. If you think of a mm-hmm. theme for a future episode, we'd love to hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the website. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.